All right, before uh, we get started too deep into today's message, I've got an update for you, um, a couple of them really. But um, the last time I spoke, I, I made a, a, this huge deal out of not liking cutting grass and not caring what it looked like and all that stuff. Y'all remember that? I mean, I just went, evidently I said more about it than I thought I did because everybody has mentioned it. Well, let me tell you what God does. Since that time, my lawnmower has been broken down. He said, if you don't like cutting grass, okay, don't cut grass. And it's been broke. And I mean, I fixed it, and it broke, and I fixed it, and it broke. So I picked up the phone, and I called some friends of mine, and I said, listen, I'm tired of working on a lawnmower. I don't like cutting grass anyway. Y'all come cut it, and I'll pay you. Well, I will say that my grass has never looked so good. <laughs> 266 White Road, you would mistake it for the golf course just down the road. I mean... It looking pristine at the king house now, but it ain't because I did nothing. So just to let y'all know how God works, when you stand up here and say you don't like something, he goes, okay, you don't have to, um, but it's going to cost you either way. So anyway, but if you go by any time here in the next, you'll see that it looks really good, and I didn't have nothing to do with it. So um, Also, the last time I was here, I started a series in the book of Romans. We ain't going there today. I also told you that I was going to start a series on the book of Psalms because I figured that would take long enough to keep me in here a while. I ain't going to start that today. I'm probably not going to do that at all. That was just a joke. But we will be in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we'll be reading some scriptures that if you've been in church any time at all, will be very familiar with you. I will be preaching a message I hope is familiar with you, but I pray there's something in it that catches your eye, tickles your ear, because it's something that's been very, very um, pressing on my heart of late. Um, I have a desire to tell everybody I see this message, this, this, this message. I think, it's, I think it's at the top of the things that I want to tell people. And I even had a scenario um, involving this yesterday that I didn't even know about till this morning. Maybe that works its way in there somehow. Um, because this is, this is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 15, we'll start reading in verse 11 and see how far we go. Uh, we'll be getting some context and doing some backing up and... Um, all that kind of stuff, but all of our scripture will come from Luke chapter 15 this morning. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, so he sent, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger." I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came and to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Let's pray. Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you to say thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be gathered in your house. Father, I thank you for this word and I pray that you would open your word that it may pierce our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that everything I say would be inside of your will and your desire. And I pray, Father, for your continued guidance throughout our services. Father, we thank you for the baptisms this morning. We thank you for the worship music this morning. And I just pray that you continue to, to fill this place with your presence. And Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 11, I mean Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, the prodigal son. We've all heard this story, we've all read this story, we've all heard this thing preached. But it's so many different lessons in here, you ain't got a clue what's coming this morning, trust me. In verse 11, starts out with, and he said, right? And, what does and he said tell us about Luke chapter 15, verse 11? In order to understand it, to keep it in context, we're going to have to back up because it says, and he said. So I'm just going to back up to the next heading in verse 8. And it starts out with, or. I better go back a little further. So I go back to verse 3. And it starts out with, so. So I said, well, I better go all the way back to verse 1. So go with me to Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Let's try to get some understanding about what Jesus is talking about in this parable of the prodigal son before we get into it. Verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Verse 3. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or, in verse 8, What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, we're back to where we started, right? What are those first two parables about? 
They're about a lost sheep that was among a group of a hundred, and it wandered off, and the shepherd leaves the one lost sheep and goes and finds the one lost sheep, throws it on his shoulder, rejoices all the way back to the house, gathers up the neighbors and goes, Celebrate with me, I found my sheep that was lost. And then the second parable is about a lady who lost a coin. Although she had other coins, she swept the floor. You see how bad she wants the coin? She done got the broom out and started cleaning the house in search of this one coin. She's got other coins. But she finds that coin and what does she do? She calls up her neighbors and friends and goes, Hey, I found my coin that was lost. Y'all come celebrate with me. There was value in that one sheep. There was value in that one coin, right? He had other sheep, 99 under sheep. But that one sheep was important to him. It had value. This world that we live in, these people that we encounter on a day-to-day basis need to hear this right here. Your value is not based on your circumstances. Your value is not based on where you came from. Your value is not based on your past. Your value is not based on your future. Your value is based on the fact that God loves you. It doesn't matter who your daddy is. It doesn't matter who your mama is. It doesn't matter how terrible it's been. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. It don't matter. That's not your value. Your value is the fact that you have a heavenly Father that loves you more than anything in this world. Although He's already got the rest of them, He'll leave them behind to seek out that one. And you know what happens when you're found? They throw a party. You're celebrated. It don't matter how many friends you have or don't have. If God loves you, what difference does any of the rest of it make? Listen, we're living in a society full of people that are depressed to the point of wanting to take their own life because nobody likes them, because they get treated differently. Listen, they need to hear, you need to hear this. You need to understand this. Your value ain't based on who you are or where you came from. I was with a young man yesterday that, that left. He's a fr- his, he is the son of a dear friend of my sister's. And I've been around this young man since he was a little bitty feller. He still ain't very much over that. What is he, 10? He's 10 years old now. Every time we're together, I don't know if y'all can imagine this in your mind at all, but every time we're around, me and him end up in the floor, in the yard, scuffling, rolling, throwing balls, and and just running and acting a fool. I know y'all can't picture me doing those things, but I do. I do. The last time we were together was at Angelie's birthday two years ago, which would have been her first birthday. Last year, her two-year-old party, last year. And they left, and I got a message saying her mama, her, her mama thanking me for spending time. The little boy's had a rough way to go, ain't going to lie about it. He's had, he's had a rough ten years. Yesterday they left, and I come into church this morning, and Elizabeth tells me that her mama called, text something, and said, on the way home yesterday, her son said, I wish Uncle Nick was my daddy. Y'all, I ain't did nothing but showed him a little attention. But see, his dad's in rehab somewhere. But see, what I want to tell that young man is, son, your value is not based on who your daddy is. 
I, I ain't nobody special. <laughs> Your value is based on the fact that love, God loves you. God desires you to the point that if it was up to Him, He'd leave me standing where I'm at and come find you. See, that, shit, that story about the 99 sheep left behind ain't real big until you're the one. Right? Then it's a big deal. Listen to me. We live in a society of people that have no hope. Their hope is lost because their hope is based on how other people react and respond to them. Listen, your hope ain't based on somebody else and it ain't based on your condition or your environment. Your hope is in God and God alone. And if they don't see the church living that way, they ain't never going to buy it outside of here. It's too many of us that don't believe that. It's too many of us that base our importance on what other people think. Who gives a rip what somebody else thinks if God loves you? You've got to hear this this morning. Listen, we're going to get over here into this prodigal son thing, and I know y'all have heard it taught a different... I have too. But I was studying this and reading this, and these thoughts keep going through my mind about, about the struggles that people are having. Not, and it don't matter how young or how old they are. They're trying to find their worth and their value. And listen, it ain't but one thing that matters. And it's that you've got a heavenly Father that loves you. More than anything in this world, He loves you. Listen, He created everything. And He looked down at it and said, it's good. Then He created a human beings and He kicked back and said, it is very good. God desires a relationship with each and every one of us. He desires that. Now you'll notice that that sheep didn't have nothing to do with Him being found, did He? Now the sheep on His own was lost, Right? Wandering out there by himself, the shepherd went and found him and brought him into the party. That coin didn't have anything to do with being found, did it? It's an inanimate object. He couldn't. But the celebration was no different. The lady got up and swept the house and cleaned the house and found the coin. Now this third story is a little bit different. And it ain't by no accident, first of all, that all three of these stories are one right behind the other. There ain't no accident that these three stories involve different things in different settings. This third story is different. We don't know if that sheep had anything to do with becoming lost, do we? May have just made a bad decision and got separated from the pack. We, we know that coin didn't make any decision whatsoever to come up lost, right? Yet this story we're fixing to read, this third story, this prodigal son story, we see that it's all the blame is on him. He chose it, right? He comes to the Father and goes, Give me what's mine. Divide it up and let me have mine now. And then he took a trip. It says he went on a journey far away, right? And he got out there in this ridiculous lifestyle. So he made a very long list or a long series of bad decisions to get where he was at, right? It was all on him. So now we have all three instances. Sometimes you get where you are, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Sometimes you get where you are, and you done it. <laughs> right? Either way, the love of the Father does not change. you got to hear me this morning. The love of the Father ain't dependent on whether or not you make good decisions. Right? He loves you anyway. He loves me in spite of me. <laughs> Right? The Bible says that Jesus died when we were yet sinners. Still sinners. 
When I was still wretched, He loved me. So I know that once I become His, a few bad decisions on my part don't change His love for me. It doesn't remove my hope in Him. There's too many folks walking around in this world with no hope. They need to hear this message. They need to know and understand from a young age it does not matter who else loves you as long as God loves you. And you go and then you hold on to that promise. Your hope is in that promise. That God is exactly who He says He is and He loves you exactly the way He says He's going to love you. Listen, this this scripture, this story that Jesus told, this parable, you know, Jesus used stories to get His point across. And these three that I've read this morning are all parables. And usually if you look inside of these parables, you can see different characters that represent different things that are real in this world. This lost sheep, this is a fold, right? They They call that a fold. There's a hundred sheep in this fold. One of those sheep has somehow went away, right? And, and, and this shepherd is troubled over this one sheep. And he goes and finds that sheep, throws it on his shoulder, rejoices all the way back to the house, throws the big party to celebrate this one sheep. This sheep was a part of a group, and then it wasn't. You see that, right? This sheep belonged to the shepherd already before he found it as a part of the other 99 making a fold of 100. And he leaves that 99 to go find them. Y'all, get, y'all following me right, right now? Y'all got me? All right, these coins were a part of another collection, right? They were already a point, part of it. They were, they were already in there together. And one gets separated, Right? This, this prodigal son was a member of this family, right? This wasn't a stranger off the street. This was a part, he was a part of the family already. Then he chose and separated himself, and the father throws the party when he comes back. Now I want you to look at some things because there's a lot of different ways that this can go, but I want to keep your mind going on one central thing this morning. Your value ain't based on nothing but God's love. That's all. That's it. It doesn't matter how you've been treated. It doesn't matter how, how, where you came from. It doesn't matter if you know your mom and daddy's name. Or, it don't matter how many friends you got. It don't matter what school you go to. It don't matter. Your value is based on one thing and, and that, that thing by itself. The fact that God loves you. That's it. That's all. The rest of it's neither here nor there. Listen, I want to take a little 10-year-old boy and, and, and look him dead in the eyes and goes, Listen, son, your world doesn't revolve around who your daddy is. It revolves around who your father is. Because, see, if he can understand that at 10 years old, and maybe he can't at 10, but if he can hear it at 10 and, and, and understand it at 12 or 13, then he's got a chance. But what happens is that when you take their hope away, any person, if you remove their hope, they'll, they'll do some crazy stuff, won't they, brother? They'll, they'll, go, they'll go out of their minds because they ain't got no hope. So that's how we get to the place where we go into Walmart and just randomly start shooting people. Because there ain't no hope. There's no value of life. In our society, life is not valued anymore. 
And I think that value goes away when our knowledge of the Father goes away. Because what we would understand is, even if there's a hundred and one wanders off, God is concerned over that one. God has a desire to see that one. He don't want 99. He wants the full hundred. One hundred percent. That's what He wants and that's what He desires. And we got to understand that because a lot of times I look up and I'm the one. <laughs> I've strayed off. I've wandered out there by myself. Everybody over here eating good green grass and I'm over there in what I thought was going to be good and it ain't good. See, any one of us is just a couple of bad decisions from being the prodigal son, the lost sheep or the lost coin. Anyone, nobody is exempt from this. It can be any one of us that was a part of the fold, a part of the herd, and that made a decision to not be no more. Any one of nobody's excluded from this. It's possible from any one of us. Now let's get to this prodigal son and look at the bad decisions he made. And listen, even when it's bad decisions that you made, the love of God does not change. He still has a desire to get you back into that family. Because your value ain't based on your decisions. Your value isn't based on your circumstances. Where you came from. Who likes you and who don't. It don't matter. The only thing that matters, your value, is based on one thing and one thing alone. God's love. The love of the Father. So maybe someday you look up and you've made a series of bad decisions and you end up like this poor sap over here with the pigs. We've got to figure out how he got enough sense about him to get back so I can have enough sense about me to get back if I ever wake up and find myself there because I ain't excluded no more than anybody else. Here we go. Now we're going to get started. <laughs> I learned that from Kevin. <laughs> and next week I'll tell you all that stuff again and go to the next one. I hope he watches this on the internet. I can't wait. I love him. I love him so much. Let's go to verse... Well, we're going to skip some of this just because there's, there's so much of it. We're gonna, I'm going to go on down to verse 17. We've, we've talked about um, already the bad decisions and, and he comes to him and says, you know, I'd like to have my stuff and he goes to a faraway country and he finds himself out there with the pigs and he finds himself desire... Hey, my, the servants in my father's house are better off than I am. I mean, if I could just go back and be a servant, if I could just get my foot back in the door, if I could just be back in his presence, it'd be better than where I am right now. At some point, a light's got to go off. At some point, I've got to look around and go, I'd be better off just in the presence of my father. Even if I ain't back to the stature of son that I was, if I can just get back in his presence, maybe something good can happen. Because it's better than being completely separated any day. And that's where he's at, completely separated. He's feeding the hogs and desiring what the hogs want to eat. And look at verse 17. But when he came to himself. You ever had one of them aha moments? Where, where, where things are rocking and rolling and maybe you realize how bad it is, maybe you don't, but you wake up or a song comes on or a preacher says something or, or a kid says something and you go, aha! 
That's what happened to this guy. He woke up that morning and it says when he came to himself, when he got back to what he knew, when he got back to what was truth in his heart before all of this living the way he was living, when he got back to himself, he came to himself. You see that, right? It went off, a light bulb went off in his head. And he goes, aha! When he came to himself at some point, something's got to happen so you can come to yourself. So you can wake up and realize that maybe it is your fault. Maybe, maybe you have made a bunch of bad decisions and gotten to a bad place. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe you're like the sheep and it just kind of happened. Or maybe it's like the coin and you had no control whatsoever. Either way, at some point you've got to realize that where you're at is not where you belong. Whether that's a mental thing or a, or a physical thing or a spiritual thing. Because all three are possible, right? But you've got to look around and realize, this ain't, I'm in a place where I'm letting my value depend on my circumstances, and my circumstances ain't good. I've got to get back to what I know. I've got to come to myself. And what I know is, God loves me. And if I can just get in His presence, if I can just get in His presence, good things are going to happen. Righteous things are going to happen. Holy things are going to happen. And my circumstances are going to be changed. Look at this. Keep going with me. He came to himself and said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. You realize that your father in heaven that loves you has all you'll ever need. <laughs> and then some. If you can just get back to his presence. Whether we're talking about mentally, physically, or spiritually. If you can just get back to his presence. He goes, hey, the servants in my father's house have more than enough to eat. And I'm out here doing without. If I can just get back in his presence, if I can just get back to where I belong, if I can just get my hope back in the right spot. You know, sometimes things just get out of kilter. Sometimes we just get our focus on the wrong thing. Sometimes it's not an intent. Most of the time, it, does, did anybody wake up this morning and go, I tell you what, I'm going to do, I'm sin today. <laughs> huh? i just wondering if there's anybody in here. I've never known of it. But see, it may have happened. Zach, you going to sign up for that? Your daddy's going to be proud of you, boy. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. Right, right. We can get, we, hey, according to Scripture, you can beat the folly out of him. He's still at that age. And Ben, since you know he's making that decision, it's all on him. We can address this. I can't wait, Zach. We're going to have a neighborhood party when you get back. <laughs> regardless of how you got there, regardless of what it involved, regardless of what's going on, you've got to keep in mind that your father has more than enough. Because on the majority of people do not wake up in the morning and raise their hand and go, I think I'm going to sin today. We just go about it and it what's come natural to us. And when we go to our default setting and we let flesh rule, it happens. And it happens to all of us and it's not special to you. It just happens. And from time to time it happens. She won't watch the internet and see that I've done that, so y'all don't tell her. 
Father, I, ha I will rise and I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He came to himself, right? And he developed a plan. You see that? He came up with a plan. And when it finally triggered in his mind, when it finally came to reality in his mind that he wasn't where he needed to be, he realized that his father has more than enough. If I can just get back in his presence, then he developed a plan. He said, if, I, if I, I'll arise, I'll go up to him and I'll say, Father, I'm no, worth, no longer worthy to be called your son if I could just be as a servant in your house. He had a plan. Listen, you gotta, you, something's got to wake you up. Right? you got to remember that your father's got more than enough for whatever your need is. Then you got to get a plan to get back in his presence. Got me? Now what? The next word says, and he arose. See, here's the hard part. Now you got to do something. Right? Now, now you've got to put something into action. Right? Sometimes that's fall on your face in an altar, right? So, so, sometimes that's get physically back to where you belong. Maybe you look up and physically you're in a bad place physically, right? But you've got to understand something. Just because you made a bad decision that took you to a bad place does not mean the love of your father is, is any weaker than it was before you left, right? You made the bad decisions. It's okay. Now, now remember... That doesn't mean when I say it's okay, that don't mean everything goes back to just like it was before you made the bad decisions. Did he come back with everything he left with? No, he squandered all that. It's gone. But that's okay. We'll see in a minute. The Father's okay with that. You made some bad decisions. It's all gone. It's good. At least you're back. Right? The first step is getting back. So now we, we've had the aha moment. We've remembered that my Father's got more than enough. We had a plan. Now we've got to put it to action, right? Now let's see what the results of putting these things into play. <clears throat> so he's come up with his plan all the way up to verse number 20. And he arose, put it into action. He came to his father. Look at this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. See, as bad as you want to get back, your father wants you back. And let me assure you, he's full of compassion. Full of compassion. Why, he didn't even get to, he didn't, look at this. Remember that plan I told you you had to have? Now he had a plan to have four or five steps in it. How many steps did he get to take? One, basically, get up and head that way. And while he was still a long ways off, his father ran to him and embraced him. And he, he was stuttering and stammering going, but wait a minute, I'm not worthy to be your son. And all his father can do is love on him. Listen, your father just wants to love on you and it don't matter where you've been, where you came from, what you've been through, who your mama is, your dad, it don't, none of that matters. He just wants to hold on to you and love on you. It don't matter that you made the decisions to get where you are, whether it's mental, physical, or spiritual. It doesn't matter. He just wants to love on you. 
This world that we live in needs to hear this message, but let me tell you something. Until the people inside the walls of this church understand it, there's no way they're going to believe it. Because we walk around with our heads down every day pouting over some bad decision we made. Instead of waking up and getting back into the presence of God and allowing Him to love on us and show us He's got more than enough for what we need. He's full of compassion. He has a desire for us. He'd even sweep the floor if it meant found in us. You know what I mean? He'd leave the 99 to go find the one. That ain't no big deal till you're the one. Right? That's the kind of love he has. Listen, your value ain't based on nothing but one thing. The love of your father. It doesn't matter where you have went to. It doesn't matter where you came from. It don't matter how many bad decisions you made. Just get back in the presence of your father. And then once you and I have this understanding, then we can take it to a world that ain't got a clue about none of it. Then we can do like Paul and go, look how I lived. Look how I did it. Right? But most of us are too ashamed to tell somebody that. Why? Don't follow me around. Oh, you know, all you'll see is me sinning. <laughs> well, get over that. Do something about that. Correct that. Stop living that way. Right? Quit going back to the same old garbage and pigsty that you keep going to. Why are you going there? It's not where your hope is. Your hope's in the love of your Father. Quit worrying about all this other garbage and get seriously focused on the love of God. It'll completely change your life. And everything about your life. And good news, if you fall out of it, if you make another dumb mistake tomorrow, guess what? He still loves you. He'll still leave the 99. He'll still sweep the floor. He'll still come running to meet you full of compassion. It's just the kind of God He is. It's just who He is. Keep going with me. We're almost done. Because I want to show you one more thing before we quit. I told you earlier that in all of these stories you can find different characters. In this story of the prodigal son... We have the son, which is you and I, right, possibly. The person that makes bad decisions and wanders off from the father. That's us. Go on it. You ain't got to agree. It's still true. <laughs> Whether you say it's true or not, it's still true. I know you. You're wrapped in flesh. Okay? So we've got me and you. We've got the father who represents the father in heaven, right? We've got him. We've got this third character. The son. The second son. The brother, I meant to say. Right? The brother. Reckon who does he represent? Because look, here's what he does. I ain't going to read it. Y'all read it. I'm going to save us a little time. We're running out. Here's his reaction. He's out in the field and he hears the music playing. And he goes, what's going on up there? And one of the servants says, your brother has come home. Your daddy is killing the fatty calf. Put the robe on him. He goes, he's what? Why would he do that? And he stomps all the way to the house, mad, kicking dirt. I ain't never left and you ain't killed no fatted calf for me. Right? Ain't that what he says? Huh? He's mad because his brother's been found and his father's celebrating. You know who he represents? Y'all, it's going to hurt. The church. Right. He represents the church. 
He represents the brothers. He represents you and I. They get jealous and envious and mad and upset when one of our brothers who's been lost returns. We stand over in the corner and go, well, I ain't never even left this church and I see how y'all treat me. And I'm going, would you shut up, please? You're making me look bad in front of Jesus. Don't do that. Right? It's who he is. It's who this, it's who this brother is. He's the church who throws a temper tantrum because somebody comes in. And they're afraid something's going to change that they don't want changed. They're afraid they're not going to vote with them. Right? Oh, I got serious all of a sudden. Ain't the time out, shouldn't you shut up? <laughs> right? Because you don't hear it. Listen, it's the truth. And it's the same message to the, the older brother as it is the younger brother. In other words, it's the, same, it's the same message. It's not based on who they are. It's based on who your father is. His love for you is no different. It's like being a part of the 99 and standing over there pouting going, well, he left us to go find him. You was fine. You, you, was, you was good. Because see, the good news about our Father is He don't have to leave nobody to search out nothing. He's ever-present, right? He's bigger than that, right? So never really were you by yourself or alone or left, right? So quit pouting and get involved in the party. There's a celebration going on, right? We're celebrating the lost son. We're celebrating the lost sheep. There's one thing for sure in all these stories. There's a celebration. When you get back... When you have the understanding that God's love is more important than anything in this world, there's a celebration that takes place. A big celebration. One of the stories said, in front of the angels, a celebration takes place. You're celebrated. That's big. That's big for you to understand that and to have this message to take out of here with you today. If y'all would, stand to your feet. We're going to ask the worship team to come up here. And I'm going to encourage you to search out mentally, physically, spiritually, where are you at? Where are you at? Is it where you need to be? If not, there ain't but one place to, one place to go. And that's back to the Father, right? Get in the presence of the Father this morning. Let Him do the examining. Don't base your worth on what other people think, where you came from, whatever, all that other garbage, what job you got or don't got, whatever. Forget all that. It's based on one thing and one thing alone. And that's the love of the Father. Mm -hmm.